Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. that can make our lives better and that are good. 
advancing our lives. And we can be excited about one thing and the next thing and the next thing and start accumulating those things, but unless we apply them, they do no good. I mean, sometimes I have to sit back and say, how much do I know of the Word compared to how much I'm actually doing personally in my life? Do you know to not let the sun go down on your anger, on your demons? And do you know to forgive if you've been forgiven? Because if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Are you doing it? And so in, in looking at all of these different because, I mean, I can't go through the whole Bible in such a short time and say, okay, let's look at what we're doing and not doing. But in looking just specifically at what we've been teaching over the last couple of months and looking at the faith secrets that we've been going through, I want us to look at those today and simply ask yourself, which one of these is God really prompting in my heart to personally apply. Because it's just like your electronic equipment in your house, whatever it might be, or in your car, or whatever it is in your life, in your computer. I don't know anyone that knows how to use everything their computer has. Even the people that, like, invented it. Unless you know how to use it, unless you're using it, unless you're applying it, it just sits there. And so I think that it's interesting so often, you know, God has set it up to where the spiritual world, which is the bigger picture, is so often reflected by the physical world. That's the way we set it up because we're physical beings and we relate to the physical world. We relate to sight. We relate to smell. We relate to um, touch. We relate to what we can hear. We're sensory beings. So we relate to the physical world. And so what I see in our physical world so often relates to what's happening in the spiritual world. And I see this incredible explosion of technology and, and accumulation of knowledge and technology and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and, and just amazing amounts so that you can't keep up with it. And I see the same thing spiritually where God is pouring out His Spirit. I mean, pouring out His Spirit to where there's this multiplication of, of persons coming into a a deeper understanding of who God is, a deeper understanding of who they are, and the generations coming behind us walking close to God, closer than we ever walked at their age. And yet, within this explosion, if we're not taking what we learn, like say particularly here, if we're not taking what we learn and applying it, then it doesn't do any good. So I want to challenge you this morning to apply one thing. You know, there's that simple saying that says, use it or lose it. And that is so true of faith. I mean, you can come and learn and learn and learn and learn. And you can even take notes. You can highlight your Bible. You can bring your tape recorder, whatever you want to do. But unless you use it, you'll lose it. It'll just kind of drift away. And that's true of anything in our lives. You know, one of our most crucial scriptures in here when we started this series is Romans 10, 17, that says that faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. That that's where faith comes from. 
And so we're hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing scriptures and hearing the word. And it's so exciting to hear things and have the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and speak to you personally. But I want to read you this other scripture in James because I think it's equally as important and it's so perfect for what I feel like God is telling us right here, right now, today. James 1, 22, verse James 1, verses 23 through 25 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. If anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, excuse me, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. See, there's an initial blessing in hearing the Word of God because faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. And we can feel our faith rising. But the man or woman who is truly blessed is the man or woman who hears the Word of God and yet goes out and does the Word of God. And so we need to take that one thing. That's our challenge today. Not everything we've learned, but take that one thing and apply it. You may have several things, but I'm saying let the Holy Spirit highlight one thing that He really wants you to apply, to do in your life. So that you'll be blessed. I wanted to go back over these faith secrets, not because I just all of a sudden wanted to have a review, but because I want God to speak to your heart. And I don't want you to leave here before Thanksgiving or before the rush of Christmas season when you'll be able to come and not come and come and not come. I want you to hear from God to you what can I personally apply? Because it's only in what we apply that we'll be blessed. Faith secret number one that we went over that's so important, and the only reason I name these faith secrets is because, to me, faith has always been taught as this kind of um, elusive, one day, somewhere out there, over the rainbow thing. And it's not. Faith is here and now. And God says we can't even come to Him, and yet that we have faith. And so... We know that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans 3.17, but what builds my faith? What are the secrets to walking in faith? So number one, Galatians 5.6, we talked about faith being operated by love. Maybe the one thing that you need to apply right here, right now, with God's help, is love. Asking myself, do I walk in love? And looking at 1 Corinthians 13, what is love? It's patience, it's kind, it's not jealous, it's not boastful, it's rather than enduring, it believes all things, it hopes all things. Love overcomes everything. We talked about sometimes how we wonder, you know, why is my faith not working? And yet we can have aspects in our lives that if we are not living and acting and reacting, walking in, you know what I mean when I say walking in love, then our faith isn't going to work. Because Galatians 5 6 says faith is the key to love. So that would be my first challenge. 
want to grow as a Christian, you want to grow towards God, check your love walk. Check and see if you've lost the key. You know, we have this um, deal by our door in the, in the kitchen, and it just is a little thing you may have it in your house where you can hang your keys up. We've had it for a long time because Lacey and I both got tired of the, oh my gosh, i got to go. i got to go get in my car. Where's my keys? I've already told you what we named, we nicknamed me. It's kind of like my Indian name. You know how Indians get their names from something that they do? And he nicknamed me when in doubt blame. That's my Indian name. I'm about to tell you this. I'm kidding. Y'all are so solemn. And we put our keys there because we don't want to be looking for our keys all the time. Because we can't drive our car without our keys. And you can't operate in faith. You can't operate an abundant life. You can't go for what God is telling you to go for and live the way God is telling you to live and believe God the way that He wants you to believe if you can't find the key of life. So some of us have just lost the key. It's like in our fervor of collecting all of this spiritual stuff, we forgot love. Oh yeah. So check that. Number two, our number two faith secret was that the voice you obey will be the voice that you hear. And the voice you hear will be the voice you've meditated upon. And I gave the example of Thanksgiving, which seems to be quite appropriate right now. But there may be that person or those persons in your family that really, really you have a hard time with. And you know that you're supposed to love them and react to them in a kind way, representative of your Father God in all situations. But whatever you've meditated upon is what you're actually going to do. I can want to be loving towards them. I can want that with all of my heart. But if I've meditated on all of their negative aspects, and I've meditated on all the things they do that aggravate me, and if I've reinforced it by talking with someone else about it, and they share their stuff, and I share my stuff, and when I get around that person that I need to love and want to love with all my heart, I'm frustrated because I can't. Why? Because whatever you've meditated upon is what you do. Coaches know that. In the sports world, they have their teams watch videos of the things to do. God knows that. We're to pay attention to His words so that we can have our lives be changed and not wish and hope and pray one thing, but meditate on something else. So my challenge, I guess, to you would be, what are you meditating on? Are you meditating on God's Word? Are you meditating on your own thoughts and feelings and aggravations and criticalness? You know, I can wish with all of my heart and pray to not have a critical spirit, but I will never, ever get rid of that if I meditate on the things of other people that bother me. I can get rid of that when I get thankful before God. I meditate on His Word. I realize how much I've been forgiven and what a jerk I can be and how much He loves me. And then all of a sudden, I have so much more grace to forgive that other person. He said that there were steps to meditating on God's voice. Number one was receiving the Holy Spirit. Number two was reading His voice to hear His voice. What I mean by that is reading the Word of God. You know, it's in reading His voice that we hear His voice. 
John 10, 3-5, is where Jesus talks about the fact that His sheep will hear His voice. Number three, for how to meditate on God's voice is pay attention to His Word. And I think the big emphasis for me back there is the word pay. Because it's going to cost you something. I mean, studying the Word of God is going to cost you something. So much of Christianity is, is taught as, it's all free, it's free, it's free. Well, it is. Salvation is a free gift that we cannot earn. But to live into the blessing and the joy and the abundant life that Jesus says that we can have in John 10, 10 is not free. Proverbs 4.20 says, Pay. Pay attention to my word. Do not let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart, and it will be life to those who find it, and flesh to all your bones. In other words, if you want that good life, if you want to meditate on the things of God, then it's going to cost you to pay attention to His Word. It costs you something to come here today. It's a nice, kind of cool morning. And you could have kept on your bunny slippers and shuffled around the house. And it costs you. But God's Word never returns void. Ever. And then number four for how to meditate on God's voice is to store up the Word in case of a shortage. So that's my challenge with faith secret number two. What are you meditating on? Are you meditating on your problems? Are you meditating on Luke 137 that God says that all things are possible with Him? Are you meditating on your faults, weaknesses, sins? See, whatever you meditate on actually is what you will end up doing and continuing to do. Are you meditating on the forgiveness of God? His Word that cleanses us, that creates in us a clean heart, like it says in Psalm 51, 10. What are you thinking about? A secret number three that we talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks is waiting to strengthens your faith. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And we talked about how do you wait upon God? How do you wait upon because it's not just that we wait upon God, because we don't really have a choice. God's timing is God's timing. You know, it's often been said that God is never late. But I would say also, He's never early either. And I really wish He would be early. I wish that, um, I think that if I didn't know better, I think that I would just hope that He would be the microwave God, you know, just... Pray it, receive it, pray it, receive it, pray it, receive it, pray it, receive it. Want to change, change. Want to grow, grow. Whatever I want to have. Pray for myself to change, to change it. Pray for myself to change, to change it more. Start to appreciate me, love me even more and more and more. And then I know he would feel the same way for me. And in so many areas that he's trying to for me. See, but that's not God, because you know what would be missing from that whole picture? We would have no need for faith. None. You don't need faith unless you have to wait. And what are we being trained for? This earth, yeah, kind of, but heaven, really? Do we even know what we're going to be doing there? Not really. I don't think we could drop our brain around it. And so faith is the wait, the 
the expectation. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and it's in the way that our faith is developed. It's in the way that our faith is strengthened, as it says in Isaiah 40, verse 31. But it's how we wait that makes the difference. I told you the story about us waiting for the bus and, and my little girl being five years old in the kindergarten bus, and I thought the bus had already left us, and I was just pacing and mad and grumbling and trying to think of ways I could run lazy and, and irk and jogging around and calling people on my cell phone and late and, you know, perspiring because women don't sweat, right, Mom? And so I was so mad, and Maddie was swinging on a sunset, humming, having a good time, finding the bus still came, but Maddie was waiting with joy, and I was waiting with stress. So maybe you're waiting on something to come, and God is saying, how are you waiting? He wants us to wait with expectant hope. And he gave us the example of, of Abraham waiting. He was given a promise past the point of possibility. That's the most significant thing I can think of about Abraham is that that man was given a promise past the point of possibility. And you may have promises from God in your life or promises that you see in the Word of God or promises that God has whispered to your heart and it just looks like it's past the point of possibility. But He wants you to be waiting expectantly and hopefully like a little child. Or we need to also be waiting like David, who was the greatest king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, and a great warrior, and realize that he was prepared while he was a shepherd with a bunch of sheep. But it was actually in the, in the, in the shepherd's field with a bunch of sheep that he was prepared for the greatest victory in his life, which was killing Goliath. But that's where he learned how to use the slingshot to say, well, that's where he learned And yet he could be preparing us for the greatest task that we're to ever, ever have in order to glorify him. And then lastly, we talked about Ruth, and we're talking about waiting in faith, and that the name Ruth means friendship, and that she left everything to follow God. She left her mother and father and family and familiarity and customs and culture to go with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and to follow God into a land in which she did not know. She left the Moabite land to go to Bethlehem. And how we're to do that, to leave even the familiar things that aren't the God things. Even if we don't know where we're going, or if it seems like a person of our, a part of our personality is, is someone has to just fall off and die if we leave that. For us to go with God and to trust God. Jesus says in John 15, verses 14 and 15, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my Father. I have made known to you. 
we talked about how friendship is not just lip action, that friendship is faith in God, and faith is action. It's not what I say, it's what I do. It's not what you sit in here and believe, it's what you apply. True faith and true friendship requires action. James 2, verse 17 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So we can look at all these faith secrets, as I call them. We can look at all them and believe them and know that they're true and know that they will get us closer to God. Know that they will increase our faith. Know that I need to walk in love or my faith isn't going to work. Know that I need to meditate on God's Word so that I can do His will and live into His plan. I can know that I need to trust God and wait for God and that really even waiting strengthens my faith. And I heard something interesting this morning. I was just flipping through the TV channels and kind of a random thing. It didn't come from me. I heard it on TV. You know, that should be a secret. Actually. It didn't come from me. I heard it on TV. Um, but it was so significant. And I think it might be for you, maybe one of you even. God's just so amazing like that. He is so amazing like that. When a teacher prepares a classroom to take a test, he or she prepares those students and prepares those students and prepares those students so that they'll pass the test. But while they're taking the test, the teacher stops talking. And so often, when we are really in a test from God that He wants us to pass, you see, we go from glory to glory. We go from test to test. Our faith is built as our spiritual muscles are exercised. And while we're in that test, we might hear nothing while our teacher is silent. Because our teacher knows that we have every tool packed, waiting as trusting God, even in the silence. So I want you to look at this this morning. I'm purposely leaving early. And this is what I'd ask you to do. Instead of getting up and having more time to visit, take the time, the precious, precious time that seems to be our most valuable commodity today. We pay people for so kindly, most of us. Take the time to look at this and ask yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit. Which of those things, which of those faith secrets does God want me to apply today? I have three questions that I'd like you to answer. And you can get out a pen and answer it. This is definitely for you, not for you to share or read later or give to me. This is for you. But that's really what our relationship with God is about. Someday all of us will stand before Him and there won't be anyone around us and there won't be anyone around us to look to. I mean, it's just going to be us and God. And He just understands us so much and loves us so much and cares about us so much anyway. And loves you so much and understands you so much. It's not going to be a scary thing 
and yet it will be a strategy because you have so much awe. And I just think about taking the time today to prepare for that time, but also taking that time today to prepare right now for tomorrow and for the next day and for this Thanksgiving and for 2005 to be different than 2006. Question number one of the faith secrets which you've learned, which do you feel the greatest prompting to apply today? Take some time to pray about that. Question number two, what is your part in applying this particular faith secret? Maybe if what you're not supposed to do is meditate on other people's things that bother you, maybe my part is I need to quit talking about it. Number three, write your specific private personal prayer to God, humbly asking for His help in order for you to apply this faith building. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org. K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.